You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Tuesday, September 14th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently just launched Just Baseball. Eh, Not really just launched. It's been around for like two and a half months now, but still you get my point. That's where I write a bunch of articles. I'm a staff writer. Go check out that stuff there. Uh, Or maybe if... You know, Padres have been depressing lately. If pop culture is more down your lane, I've written at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, and Verse Play Discussing, and more, and hopefully many more to come. And I'm hopefully going to try and write about a little bit of movies soon. It's been a while since I've done that. But anyway, guys, more importantly, if you want to check out and just follow the Twitter page for the show, it's, that's at LO underscore Padres on Twitter, or my personal account is at Javapeno. And if you're watching the YouTube version, you see in the bottom corner here, that's at uh, that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Check me out on either of those two accounts and hit me up with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. And I would love to get back to you and on the show or even just on Twitter. Really fun interacting with you guys. It's honestly what's getting me through lately uh, watching all these Padres games. Today's episode, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. But please, just promise me one thing, guys. Call him Sully every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, today's episode. All right, we're recapping the first game of a four-game big pivotal set against the San Francisco Giants that did not go the Padres way. We're going to be breaking that down, complaining about the Padres, and you know what? You know, on YouTube edition, I usually say how you could tune in and see what shirt I wear or whatever. It's it's like an incentive to see what the heck I'm wearing. Once again, just the plain white tee. As I've said before, you know, if it's good enough for Michael Jordan, it's good for me. It's good enough for me. But uh, I'm not even going to wear the jacket, nothing, because this team deserves nothing. All right. We're going to be talking about that a little bit. Going to be talking about you Darvish's start uh, in a little bit more depth or at least a tiny bit more depth. Kind of talking about the future of the team and what this rotation might look like. And then going to be just giving a quick take on how the baseball season is too damn long. So, yeah, kind of a weird episode today. But nonetheless, we keep on rolling. The Padres lose the first game in a set of four against San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco Giants. Uh, it's nine to one. The starter for tonight's game is Mr. U Darvish. And he was awful going four innings, giving up or allowing, I should say, eight earned runs on six hits, walking three striking out three his era is now 4.32 with a whip of 1.09 which is actually kind of phenomenal given how bad he's been lately uh the fact that the whip isn't all that high but all the hits that he does give up are huge and in this game that was basically the case a lot of big hits in this game a lot of home runs the giants one of the top home running uh teams in the league i believe they are actually number one no they're number three currently i think houston is above them and maybe one other team that i'm forgetting maybe the dodgers for all we know um and they do that again this game. Uh, bottom of the first inning, Tommy LaStella. Tommy LaStella homers to deep center. And the exit velo on that was actually pretty nuts, if I'm not mistaken. 102.1. So not crazy, crazy. But for Tommy LaStella, that's crazy. Tommy LaStella, that was only his fifth home run of the season. Not even one of the the Giants' uh, main guys. 
and he manages to take you Darvish super deep. Honestly, I'd leave it right there for you because that's basically tells the whole tale. But Lamonte Wade Jr., who's been a nice like I, we talked about in the Giants before, a long time listening to the podcast. No, they have all these breakout guys. Lamonte Wade Jr. is one of those guys. He triples, allowing Darren Ruff, otherwise known as Babe Ruth, to score. And then Evan Longoria hits an absolute bomb to deep left. Lamonte Wade Jr. and Brandon Crawford score. The only source of runs that the Padres get in this game is a double by Fernando Tatis Jr. It's funny. Uh, He's coming on the podcast later this week. Uh, I was talking with Ben Kaspik for just a second on Twitter, uh, who's the host of Locked On Giants. And I was just saying to him, hey, just in case you're wondering, uh, the keys to beat the Padres is just to stop Tatis. Like that might be the only good thing going for the team right now uh, when it comes to the offense, at least. Their starting pitching has actually been quietly pretty decent uh, for a while now. But uh, yeah, Mike Nishkemsi gets a homer in this game. Brandon Belt hits one to deep right. Uh, the exit view on Brandon Belt's home run, by the way. Let me check that real quick. It was pretty hard, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 107.3 uh, exit velocity on that hit. He crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. And Brandon Belt, long regarded as a guy who people believe that his his power would have actually played better if he didn't spend his whole career in San Francisco. But he's having a good season. Mike Yastrzemski, who we thought was the only sort of star caliber player on this team. Turns out it's not. It's guys like Brandon Crawford, Longoria, Buster Posey, of course, who has returned with a vengeance this season. But uh, Yashkampsi gets to get in on the action too. And it was a miserable performance by the Padres. Yet again, the bullpen was at least fine, I guess you could say, that Moses came down to Darvish. But Nelson Lamette makes an appearance uh, and that basically towards the end of this game in the bottom of the eighth. He goes one inning, giving up one earned run on two hits, one walk, and two Ks, which is a little annoying, especially considering that Tommy Pham misplays a ball in the outfield, uh, which he dove for, which did not. I mean, I respect the hustle. I always respect the hustle. Uh, Tommy Pham, long, long gone are the days of his warlock status. Long gone. Let me be clear about that. I used to call him that. Not anymore. Not even close. Right. Uh, and he misplays that ball, allowing him just what probably was going to be a double turn into a triple, maybe. Uh, just a disaster, just a disaster. Maybe even a single turn into a triple. I mean, uh, a lot of double miscues in the outfield today. Also from Trent Grisham, who early on in the game uh, with that triple that was um, given up for Lamonte Wade Jr., uh, Trent Grisham gets to the ball pretty quickly, and then the ball bounces off of kind of his wrist. He's not able to make the catch. Uh, Trent Grisham, I will say this. I defended him before. Still a very good player in a lot of ways. But his defense, he's not like elite. I would call him a very good defender. I would not call him elite. This is not Jackie Bradley Jr. This is not Avicel Garcia. This is not, you know, Lorenzo Cain in his prime. This is not, heck, this is not Joey Gallo of the Yankees. This is not Hunter Renfro, former Padre. You know what I mean? He's not, or maybe a little bit more online with Hunter Renfro because his, his arm is pretty decent and he's got an incredible range and speed to the ball, but he does misplace. And he doesn't necessarily come up with those big highlight reel catches. You know what I mean? There are moments when you see Trent Grisham and he just can't catch the ball quite a lot. He has these little goofs, which, you know, for those familiar with his Milwaukee Brewers days when he had that big error in the in the wildcard game or whatever that allowed the Brewers to lose, uh, that wasn't great. And I feel like a lot of people know him for that infamous, infamous mistake. And he does make those mistakes sometimes. But like I said, he's still up there for defenders. I think he's still around like a positive like six or seven in defensive run save. So like I said, very good defender, just not elite, you know, best in the league. And unfortunately, with guys like Pham, with guys like Myers, while Myers hasn't been total liability, Tommy Pham certainly has, uh, you really need an elite defender to pick up for those two uh guys not really being plus defenders in the outfield. Uh, so that's been a low-key, little bit of source of um, frustration with the Padres this year. It hasn't been the only thing. Denelson Lamette's appearance here, 
you got to start wondering what the heck are we doing, man? Like this guy is not even pitching all that well. He had one of the best wipeout sliders in all of baseball. Now it's not even that. I talked about this on yesterday's show, uh, and he just looks. It, you just wonder what. Like wow, he is. I I would argue he might be one of the poster boys. It's him, Darvish, Adam Fraser, Eric Hosmer. When it comes to who are you thinking of when you think Padres collapse, right? And Denelson Lament, I bring up only as like this is a guy who was finishing top five in Cy Young last year. And now we're seeing him go one inning in the bullpen and not even productive innings, by the way. His last couple games, let me see here. Yeah, uh, against the Angels, he gave up two runs on three hits, did strike out three, but still uh, goes only two-thirds of an inning against the Dodgers, gives up a run, and then San Fran gives up a run on two hits. Uh, even in the bullpen appearances, kind of struggling a little bit, except for, except for a brief appearance against the Diamondbacks. But then on June 26th against the Diamondbacks, he goes two and a thirds, giving up four runs on six hits. So Denelson Lamette, even in a minor role, has not been able to excel, which is very troubling. You might be, you know, Drew Pomeranz, Padres reliever who's out for the season. He was a failed starter turned elite bullpen guy. And that's not even happening for Lamette right now. Nothing is going right. For the Padres guys. But before we continue the misery tour, guys, I need to talk to you about something that sometimes elicits a little bit of misery. Uh, that's betting. We're back and better than ever, guys. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL 100 guys from football, the baseball, the basketball, the boxing, UFC, MMA, whatever they've got you covered. And remember to use also guys, uh, the promo code locked on. It's very, very important. Bet online guys, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, bet online, your online sports book experts, guys, be sure to check that out, <sighs> man. You don't know how tempting it is. Ladies and gentlemen, just be like, I'm done for today. No more podcast. We, we, we no longer talk, but we got to talk a little bit more and we got to talk a little bit more about you, Darvish. So, I mean, it, it's it, what I, what I don't like about all this is that I kind of have to keep saying the same things, but I know that not everybody listens or watches uh, every single episode of the show. So it must be brought up. You Darvish sticky stuff, whole situation. He is arguably the poster boy. It's him and James Karinczak of the Cleveland Indians who got options to triple A. I think he actually there was I saw some report that he might get called up again, but two guys that ever since the whole sticky stuff thing have been disastrous. You know, there are even guys in the league like Max Scherzer, like I think was it Corbin Burns, maybe not Corbin Burns, but Max Scherzer, his spin rate on his fastball went down. But I don't know if you guys heard Max Scherzer, you're right below one since the trade deadline. So he's fine. Right. But you Darvish. Not enough spin rate on his stuff. He's a little bit of a trickster. He's not wiping you out with 99 mile per hour cutters or anything like that, right? Instead, he has a crazy pitch arsenal, throws like 15 different pitch. He has the supreme pitch and these split fingers and all this stuff, right? It's not working. It's not working, right? So he doesn't give up too many hits, but when he does give hits, they are hard and they are home runs and they are from guys apparently that aren't even all that great over on the Giants side of things. I mean, Tommy LaStella, not a bad player, but certainly not a home run threat, right? And this was a bullpen game from the Giants, by the way, which I didn't bring up in the first uh, part of this to start the game was Mr. Dominic Leone 
Hopefully I'm saying that name correctly. You know, you got guys like Jarlin Garcia. You got guys like Zach Little. I've never heard of these guys. You probably haven't heard of them. Giants have a very, very solid bullpen. It's probably the one major area where they are, I would say, significantly better than the Dodgers. Not that the Dodgers have a bad bullpen, but I think that the the Giants have a couple more guys that I would trust. Uh, Guys like Jake McGee and... Zach Little, who I just mentioned, and another guy who appears in this game, uh, Jose Alvarez. He was good in this one as well, striking out two Padres batters. Um, Very, very solid team for sure. Uh, And it stinks because you might be thinking, look, not a lot of optimism heading into this Giants series for sure. But if there's one that you might hope maybe to beat up on them a little bit as a bullpen game, but it doesn't happen because the Giants are too smart for that. Ladies and gentlemen, they're just they're just too smart. They're not going to waste their bullpen games. You know what I mean? Unlike the Padres, who were struggling with bullpen outings oh, basically all of July and August, uh, the Giants apparently are perfectly more than happy to be able to do that. And tomorrow, it's not going to get any easier with Anthony Descalfani, another underrated player. Uh, th- on the season, he's got a 3.33 ERA. And then Jake Arrieta's going for the Padres. And I know that he was decent last time. Some of you guys gave me a little bit of flack for that. Not flack, but you guys are bringing up, hey, he looks pretty good. You were roasting him. Maybe I was roasting him a little bit too much for how I think he was a little bit of a jerk. And I think the mask thing was annoying and stupid of a comment to make to a reporter to yell at them to rip off their mask. thought that was dumb. Uh, but he did only give up three runs. Not to mention that that was an inning that was, you know, brought to life thanks to Eric Hosmer not knowing how to play first base. And like I said on yesterday's show, it is annoying how all these mistakes lately from Eric Hosmer aren't counted as errors. It drives me friggin' insane, to be honest with you, especially that one where he was tracking the ball from Hassan Kim instead of just running to first base. But anyway, not going to talk too much about Eric Hosmer today. So tomorrow is not looking good. And then you look at, let's see if we have the starters for Wednesday's game. Uh, no, not yet uh, for that game. I, I don't know necessarily for the Giants who's going to start, but I guess we'll have to see. Bottom line is it's not looking good. And I will say this with you, Darvish. This happens in baseball, right? Baseball is the number one sport where guys go from being on top of the world to useless very, very, very quickly. This is not the NFL. This is not certainly not the NBA. You can count on stars to be good for a while in the NBA. It's not like Kevin Durant's going to go from you know scoring twenty nine a game on fifty percent field goal shooting to a guy who's shooting you know thirty two thirty nine percent and then he's averaging twenty one points a game. That doesn't happen from one year to the next, which is kind of like a fun consistency to the NBA. Or some people would say that makes it a little bit more you know predictable and boring. But whatever, to each their own. Let's not make this a a sports battle. But with baseball, you Darvish, one of the most dominant pitchers basically of the last two years, basically ever since the second half of 2019 and then all of 2020, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. He was elite. Uh, I mean, he was a Cy Young contender for a little bit of uh, 2020, to be honest with you. He was very, very good. And now you look at him and you're wondering, is this a guy that at age 34, if I'm not mistaken, I have to check that, but at age 34, you might, you might be wondering like, would the Padres dump this guy? Because he's got a big contract. He's got a decent contract. Nothing major, major. This isn't Eric Hosmer level of arbitrage. He's 35, actually. He turns 35 um, August 16th. So it might be possible that Darvish is just done. I'm getting very, uh, again, I know that I just said not to make this a sports battle, but Peyton Manning on the Broncos vibes, where one minute he had it, he's breaking the regular season record. He's absolutely dominant. And then halfway through, which is what happened to Peyton Manning, just gone. Just gone just like that. And that's really unfortunate. On the year, according to Baseball Reference, 1.5 war, which it was not looking like that was going to be the case for a lot of the year. I mean, he looked great. I mean, he was consistent. 
This is a guy turning in quality starts every five minutes, and now he can't get through any lineup. And I know that it's the Giants, but for the last month or so, ever since the sticky stuff, July, August, it's not like he's been playing the Giants every day. You know, the Padres' remaining schedule, half of it, you know, counting last night's game, is against the Giants, and then they've got a Brave series and a Dodgers series. So it's not like we've got some easy opponents up on the horizon. The only easy opponent they have is the Cardinals who aren't that bad of a team they're just a little mediocre but they're not a pushover I should say especially with Adam Wainwright who's performing dominantly I wish you Darvish could be like Adam Wainwright Mr. 45 year old Adam Wainwright who like leads the league in innings pitch which is just madness by the way man absolute madness for Adam Wainwright but I will say that with you Darvish it also brings the question not only if would Preller want to look to offload this guy? I don't know what team's going to want him necessarily. Teams will like the talent and like the reclamation factor, and they might be interested in it. I'm not saying the Padres should trade him because I don't know what the heck you do with him at this point uh, with all the money that he's owed. But on top of that, my other kind of reaction I would say, guys, is you know a lot of people have been talking about Mike Clevenger. And my thing with Mike Clevenger is I'm excited about that. It's unfortunate that Cal Quantrill looks like a stud over in Cleveland, and that's a guy that we gave up. It's unfortunate that Austin Hedges looks so good. You look at all these guys doing better elsewhere, but do you trust the Padres to necessarily handle Mike Clevenger correctly? I mean, on top of the fact that they had to get rid of their pitching coach with like five weeks left in the season with Larry Rothschild, on top of that, We have to hope that this guy comes back from Tommy John's surgery right and that they'll give him the right guidance to be a good pitcher or improve and vice versa. Look at how good Blake Snell's been without Larry Rothschild. Look at how Chris Paddock has regressed. Look at how Mackenzie Gore is being a very weird up and down prospect in the minor leagues. There's real questions with the Padres development team. And it really raises the question of being like, do we often are we just underrating too much how important it is to have an organization that knows how to raise players and teach them the right way? You know what I mean? And to improve their skill set, take guys from B's to A's, take guys from C's to B minuses, stuff like that. That's the Giants certainly did it. Evan Longoria is having like a career season. Kevin Gosman is one of the best pitchers out there. I know he's had a second half regression, but Logan Webb, Anthony Discofani, all these guys you look at and you look at the Giants. It's not a coincidence that there are certain teams in all of sports that consistently are out there trying to shoot for the stars. And, you know, there's a reason why the Raiders or the the Browns, I should say, is a better example. For like 25 years, we're looking for a quarterback every year. It can't just be that they're missing. It's not just that AJ Peller has made a bad trade, potentially. It's also that they do not develop players well. It's up to you, apparently, to do better for the Padres, at least in terms of the pitching side of things, especially. Um, But before we get a little bit more into that rant and talk a little bit about the baseball season in general, guys, let me talk to you about a thing. It's a simple thing. It's a simple thing because it's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite uh, sports, movies, and shows all in one place. You know, if you want to watch football, maybe you want to watch the Kansas City Chiefs game against the Browns this Sunday. That was pretty good. They got you covered, ladies and gentlemen. And the best part, that's not even the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at DirecTV.com. Guys, and now shifting gears one more time. Let's talk about cars. You know, I don't know anything about cars. It's often pretty intimidating, to be honest, whenever I have to, the rare occasion I have to ask about car stuff. But rockout.com. 
They've got you. This episode is brought to you by them, ladies and gentlemen. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home or even on your mobile device and what have you. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, their Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353. Uh, I should say it's from $353 at a chain store, only $216 from Rock Auto. Yeah, that's quite the discount, let me tell you. And they're also family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And they have everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Guys, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what I wish we didn't have to keep rolling? The baseball season. All right, let me talk a little bit about this for just a second. Just a second. Just humor me, ladies and gentlemen. I had a good weekend. I really did. And I had actually, I had a pretty good Monday, to be honest with you, because Sunday was great. I really enjoyed watching football. I enjoyed watching my team that I love that I won't say the name of the team I love because I don't want people to get upset. I won't talk about them. I enjoyed watching my fantasy football team. Shout out DK Metcalf and, and, and Debo Samuel, by the way, Whew, like 31 points for me. So, and also respond to the comments, by the way, if you guys are, if you have any fantasy football takes, because I'm just so football obsessed right now, but you have that. I watched a Jackie Chan movie yesterday, which was really, really fun. It's called Police Story. It's one of his classics. It was very fun, very wacky movie, but enjoy doing that. And then I watched the Padres and I'm like, oh my God. And on top of the Padres just not being very good right now. I mean, they've been a disaster. There are serious questions, which we'll get into in just a little bit more in just a second, but man, I wish the baseball season was over. I'm serious, man. And I'm not saying that just because the Padres are bad, right? I've long believed that, man, it would be so much more fun if the MLB playoffs somehow could be in like August. You know, it is the dog days of summer. It's just awful. I am miserable. I'm watching all these people. Oh, we're going on vacation. August is great. All right, you ableists. Okay, not everybody goes on a vacation to, you know, Long Beach Island or the Poconos, you know what I mean? (laughs) Or anything like that. Like, not everybody's able to go to the Caribbean in August. So for all us normies, we're out here suffering. And then not on, on top of that, it's just it's just kind of boring. Nothing really releases. I mean, yeah, if you're a nerd like me, maybe you got some video game conferences to watch or stuff like that, but like for the most part, not a lot happens in baseball. I'm always constantly thinking, can we just get to the part where we start finding out who are the playoff teams? And people are saying, "Oh, well, it goes up and down. It's exciting. You never know until you get to the end." Well, it's like, yeah, but you're still going to have that factor of up and down in September. So I just wish that we could shorten it on top of the fact that it's just weird that the NFL season is starting and that the basketball season is going to start before baseball finally wraps up. That's just weird to me. And maybe the NHL, too, shows you how much I love. I know about the NHL. I don't know exactly uh, when they start next game, October 12th, it looks like for. Yeah, so we're probably not going to be wrapped up. And that's just weird that you have all these sports. It's fun. I still love the MLB playoffs. It's one of my favorite playoffs of anything I watch. I think that they're genuinely amazing. And I say that also because people I know that don't give a rat's butt about um, baseball, they love MLB playoffs. They watch it in college with their friends in the rooms and watching, you know, the Cardinals uh, in the playoffs a couple years ago. They watch the, the Cubs and the Indians World Series, the Game 7, all this stuff. The Rays Game 6 last year with Blake Snell getting taken out. Or maybe Game 5 with the Brett Phillips hit and the crazy walk-off with Randy Rosarena and the misplay by Will Smith at home plate. 
it's a lot of fun. But I always, every year, I'm like, man, this would be so much more fun if I could just be like, all right, we finish this or at least start the playoffs around now. I firmly believe everyone always brings up the pace of play in baseball. And I agree. There are moments when you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Here we go. Mound visit. All right. Here's the guy. He didn't even swing at the pitch. He didn't move at all at the plate, but he's got to adjust his gloves. He's got to go like this. He's got to crack his knuckles a little bit. And I get it. Whatever helps the batter. I get it that these guys, they do whatever it takes and they don't want to be out of their comfort zone. A lot of baseball is comfort and feeling and, you know, the consistency and stuff like that. But I get it. I get that the pace of play can be rough. It's out of all the sports. There's just not a lot of action. If you think about it, when you look up those numbers, but for me, I genuinely don't think the product is that bad. I I think that the baseball games are fine. I just think that the amount of games is, is a mess. And I'm not saying that there's anything you can do about it. I'm not ranting about Rob Manfred today. I'm not telling you that Rob Manfred is a disaster. I'm just telling you like, it really stinks because I really think that this could be great for the sport. If you started your playoffs in August or at minimum in September, it just, feels more interest or at least it makes august exciting and i will say in terms of august being exciting i reference that because the end of the season this year is going to be a lot of fun where it's not out of play that we get a 2012 i think 2013-esque finish for major league baseball this year for those unfamiliar there was a year in, in baseball a few years back it was 2012 or 2013 where like seven it was like four playoff teams like four separate games, all like five, six games, all had playoff implications. It's the famous Evan Longoria walk-off win for those unfamiliar where it was game 162 and the walk-off literally put them in the playoffs because Boston choked the lead after the Baltimore had these a bunch of big hits. You had on the uh, on the NL side of things, which I don't remember all the games. There's some Cardinals stuff. There's some Giants stuff. A lot of fun, like last game of the season. This happens in the NFL all the time where we're like, all right, it's week 16, week 17. There's always some sort of playoff implications football because not as many games. And that's just how the sport will break down. But in baseball and basketball, sometimes you're just watching the last week and you're like, okay, I mean, maybe some of this stuff matters a little bit for like wild card and seating purposes. But rarely does it come down to the last games where we're wondering who's going to make it here. We might be in line for that. When you look at the Padres' remaining schedule, they play, like I said, half of their games uh, against the Giants, and they've got Atlanta and the Dodgers. Whether that is something for the Padres is another question entirely in terms of whether or not they can make the playoffs. I think they're not going to. I think their percentage chance at like 16.6 last time I checked is actually way too high. I think that people haven't been watching this team enough. They're terrible. And every time something does go well, i.e. Blake Snell, he gets hurt. And then something else disastrous happens like tonight's. Uh, start against San Francisco with you Darvish, who was just absolutely abysmal. The one game we think we might be able to salvage because it's a, it's a bullpen day for the giants. Can't do it. Nothing whatsoever. Right? So that's unfortunate, but also because the Padres might be playing spoiler. Maybe I don't really know in terms of just like deciding the NL West, if they beat the giants a couple times, that might determine that the Dodgers get the win in the NL West and vice versa. So there's a lot of games that can matter there. Meanwhile, the reds half of their game remaining games are against the pirates, ladies and gentlemen. So congratulations to the reds on a very poor schedule at the end of the uh, season. And I'm not, I'm not bashing them by the way. All right. This isn't like the other sports because the Padres can't complain. And Padres fans, you better not complain that the Reds have an easy schedule and that they're going to limp into the playoffs. I don't care. So did we for a long time this year. Guess what? Going 8-11 and against the Rockies doesn't help. Getting no hit by the Diamondbacks, the worst team in baseball next to Baltimore, 
uh, from a guy who had never made a major league start before. Uh, it's your guys' fault that you're in such a precarious situation. If you had even a soft lead, if you had like a four game lead right now, which is probably what they should have had based on the fact that they played Miami, Colorado twice, Arizona, you know, all these bad teams, even Philadelphia to an extent. I think you should have won more games against them. Angels as well. Uh, you should have at least like a four or five game lead to make up for the fact that your end of the season schedule is pretty tough. Um, but no, you didn't do that. You didn't do that, San Diego. So I don't want to hear the fans and any of you guys. I know you might be tempted to say Mickey Mouse playoff uh, birth. You know what I mean? And honestly, if the Reds do make it, I wrote about this for Just Baseball. I'll link it again in the description below. I actually think they're a really fun team to bandwagon this year for all my bandwagon people out there who just like picking new teams every year and different teams to root for there in the playoffs. Maybe their team's out of it. Maybe you're a poor Rangers fellow out there who's seeing their team get clobbered last night. I think it was by the Blue Jays. Uh, let me see right here. Is it the Blue Jays, Gabe? Uh, no, the Blue Jays beat the Rays 8-1, and then the Cardinals beat the Mets, the Astros 15-1 last night over Texas. So if you're a Rangers fan and need someone to root for, I think the Reds are one of those teams. And I have a bunch of goofy reasons that you can read about in the description. Go check out Just Baseball, great website. But uh, that's kind of my take on those things. I really think that the season should be shorter. I like getting to the juicy stuff faster. I think it's more fun because to be honest with you, around this time, look, I still have the Padres in the background, obviously, or on my laptop, whichever whichever works, but I'm watching freaking football. You know what I mean? I had football on my TV and then I had the potties on my laptop, still able to do my notes and all that stuff, which is great. But I have to admit, I wish the season was shorter uh, because you know, the potties are making me sad, man. Potties are making me sad. And I don't know what's going to happen for next year. You know, I don't know if this team is designed to do well in the future. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they blow things up a little bit aside from the the main pieces like, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado. Like, I don't know if it's totally out of the question that AJ Preller goes mad. Maybe we'll see crazy Preller, but in a mode we haven't seen him for, which is a seller mode, at least a light seller mode. Because when you look at teams like the Giants, I don't think this is no one hit thing necessarily. Unless Buster Posey, Darren Ruff, Brandon Crawford, they would need a lot of guys to regress. It's not impossible that guys like Crawford and Posey and like a couple of them regress, but all of them, including their relievers and starting pitchers. I don't know, man, it's going to be tough. Not to mention, I think they're going to be buyers uh, for guys like Carlos Correa. I think they might be buyers for, for a bunch of the outfielders, they might be buyers on Max Scherzer. I think they have a lot of money to spend, and they might do that at least for certain free agents. We'll have to see how that pans out. Free agency is going to be pretty interesting this year, at least in my opinion. Not like the year when Machado and Harper were free agents, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, but one last thing, guys, that we need to talk about that is also pretty interesting is a podcast that helps you out, man. If you're betting on the Padres, if you're betting on the NL MVP race, which we have to talk about later on this week, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast guys. Woo. Fun episode today. 
fun episode today if i do say so myself for future episodes of the show what we've got lined up is talking a little bit about former padres um and how they're doing i mentioned cal Quantrill earlier gonna be breaking that down whether or not those trades have aged well spoiler alert not all of them we're gonna be breaking it down still though even guys like mateo gonna be talking about that gonna be talking about the nl mvp race i'm saving that for a little bit later on in the week because i want to see if tatis just goes nuts this week and then volts himself back into the mvp conversation giving my thoughts on the mvp vote and rules and how people win in general. That should be fun. And also going to be talking with Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants, doing a little crossover. That should be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, guys, good stuff. Good stuff. As always, you've been listening to the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever wherever, wherever you want to go. And if you don't mind, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Let's get them five-star ratings up. I would greatly appreciate that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful. I mean, even when it's very hard, take care.